This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey guys, quick thing. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only question left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to the Guna Talk. Hope you're doing good. Hope you're doing well. It's match day. We made it. It's finally here. I'm so, so, so relieved that finally we've got a match day. And interestingly, to give you a bit of a glimpse behind the curtain, this is going to be the first time I'm doing a live blog during the game. Uh, for those of you that tune into the Football.London website, or you may see it on other websites, it's kind of like a live minute-by-minute type style thing. Uh, not exactly minute-by-minute in this sense, but it's going to be an interesting live blog to do. So that's going to be a first for me. So uh, do tune into the Football.London live blog during the game. It will be being run by myself, Chris Wheatley, and Kaya Kynax. So uh Tune into that while the game's going on. I'm going to be trying to add a little bit of personality to it. I'm going to try and, you know, switch up a little bit to what it's been before. And uh, hopefully it'll be a little bit of fun. Maybe some of your tweets will get featured as well. I'm going to be looking through social media throughout the game to liven it up a bit as well. So uh, make sure you do uh, go on to the football.london website during the game and have a look at our live blog uh, during the game. So I'm looking forward to running that. But without further ado, please drop a like on the video. Subscribe to the channel if you are indeed new around here with those notifications turned on so you never miss a show. We will do our live reaction to the game in tomorrow's 8am show because I am on till midnight tonight, uh, which is great. You know, you got to love it. you got to love it. But uh, tomorrow morning we will have that. Let's say good morning to everybody in the chat box. Uh, Titus, well done. Finally getting that first one. Feeling like his life is complete now. Matt G, good morning to you. Brad Lynch, Ali, uh, Jose, uh, good morning to everybody. Stevie, uh, Paul, Viraj, Dennis, good morning to you. Um, we've got Rohit, we've got Kevin, True Facts, we've got Martin, uh, we've got Peeny Ween, Bruce, uh, Ansa, Tony, Afsa, good morning guys, Steve, Carl, Manu, Harvey, uh, who else have we got? Rich, we've got Damien, uh, we've got John uh, and Kevin and Steve, uh, Steve Coots, why does Steve Coots ring a bell? Have you got the same name as a, a referee in the Premier League? I'm sure there's a, a referee called Steve Coots. <laughs> I might be wrong, but I'm sure that there is. Uh, Ryan, Steve Stone, Superfly, do good morning to the TGT family, indeed, and everybody else. Apologies that I can't say everyone's names, but I'm trying to highlight as many as I feasibly can. Good morning, guys. Hope you're doing good and well, and glad that it is indeed match day um, in the Premier League for Arsenal. We've witnessed the weekend. We've taken some really positive results, obviously, you know, Man United dropping points. West Ham did end up getting there weird and Spurs yesterday. I think it was a bit disheartening. I was actually quite surprised to see the level of disheartened faces uh, across social media after the Spurs result. Look, Newcastle are a hit and miss team. They lost to Everton. It takes something quite special to lose to Everton, as we know all too well. We had to play horrifically bad to drop points against them. So, you know, this is a Newcastle side that have got a big loss in them and Spurs... Uh, yeah, look, Newcastle got 1-0 up and then played into their hands. So what, why they felt the need to still go forwards and not to just sit in, absorb pressure. Spurs really struggle breaking teams down um, that are sitting back. So I don't know why they tactically just blew up, but they did. Um, anyway, let's crack on with today's news. We start, as always, by telling to go and subscribe to the Arsenal way. There will be a show uh, at 10 a.m. this morning uh, with Bailey and Guy. So do go and 
give that a listen. Myself and Guy sat down yesterday on the channel to do our team predictors for the game tonight. So that's also over there in the link in the description for you guys to go and check out. Um, but our first story is a big, big congratulations to Jordan Osei Tutu, who won the Papa John's Trophy with uh, Rotherham. Uh, on loan, scored the equalising goal in the 97th minute. If you haven't already gone and had a look at the video, it's great seeing the celebrations. And it's great for Osso Tutu because he's someone that, you know, has just really struggled with injuries. Uh, I mean, he, he went on loan to Rotherham in the winter and was already injured at the start. He had to come back to Arsenal straight away uh, to work on his rehab and now getting a goal in, in, a in a cup final and winning a trophy is, is fantastic. So a massive, massive congratulations to Jun, uh, and I hope he enjoys it. He's a young right back that's, as I say, been very unlucky. Lots of hype around him. Who knows what will happen in the future? He's got a lot of competition for places at Arsenal, but a massive congratulations to him. Um, our interesting story from my colleague Chris Wheatley regarding Kayon Edwards. Arsenal was said to be confident of tying down Kayon Edwards to a brand new deal. His, uh, his current contract runs out at the end of the season. Uh, the under-18 striker, who has played at under-23's level, rated exceptionally highly, very frequent goal scorer, kind of, you know, the, that following Balogun of two years younger sort of thing. Um, and he certainly is on a lot of clubs' radars because of how good he's proven to be at under-18's level. There was a fear that, you know, the future of him was was pretty much done and gone and he was going to go. But there's been a slight twist and change. And I think maybe we're seeing the progression of players through the youth team into the first team and them getting opportunities is inspiring these young kids to maybe have second thoughts about when they do in, in, intend on leaving Arsenal. Hopefully we can get this done. Chelsea are another team that are very much interested in taking Kayon Edwards, but uh, he's very, very, very good and highly rated, and we should be trying doing everything possible to keep him at the club. Now, Alexandra Lacazette doesn't look to be a player that was staying at the club at the moment. That could yet change, but there are reports now that Barcelona are interested in bringing and reuniting Lacazette with Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang next season. If that happens, to be honest... I find, I'd find that very interesting. It'd be very intriguing if Arsenal managed to get Barca in the Champions League next season, if we, of course, hopefully qualify um, and go up against Lacazette and Aubameyang. I feel like Aubameyang would be quite motivated uh, in that game, do you think? So uh, let's have a look and wait and see. Um, moving forwards, though, uh, Paolo Dybala has continued to be linked with the move to Arsenal. Reports coming from Italy uh, yesterday that uh, they basically see him as a possible option. And especially um, journalists in uh, Italy are claiming this as well. Uh, Giancarlo Pad uh, Padovan, uh, who is a Sky Sports uh, I think he's a Sky Sports journalist. Anyway, uh, said he said in England there are Arsenal or Tottenham. In short, he will not remain unemployed. I don't think he will earn 10 million euros a year he is asking for, but he wants to prove that Juve was wrong not to confirm him. So who knows? Possibly Paolo Dybala could be ending up in the Premier League, maybe even with Arsenal. So let's wait and see. Uh, our other stories revolve around tonight's game. And Aaron Ramsdale, as you can see, was spotted in training with the Arsenal first team. This is a big, big boost if he does indeed turn out to be fit enough for the game. I think that it's one of those where the injury we know was minor. It was a grade one uh, hip kind of issue. And those are the types of injuries that can recover fairly quickly if you put in the right kind of preparation and recovery. However, they are the type of injuries that you can make worse. And so we need to make sure that he is obviously fully fit and recovered. However, the, the step up in distribution that we get from Ramsdale being in the team in comparison to Leno, I think is so big that if there is a chance that we can use him, then use him. Uh, we're still waiting to find out Joseph Zaha and Elise are indeed out. They were still in the medical room when Patrick Vieira conducted his press conference last week. Um, but there could be enough time for them to uh, return. I haven't actually checked the Crystal Palace training images. It's a good shout to actually go and do that. Just going on to Getty Images, and I'm going to quick check. Crystal Palace. Have they been in training? Uh, I, they've not uploaded the pictures uh, to Getty Images, so I don't know if they have or not. I'll try and chase that up if I can and get some more information if possible. Um, moving forwards. And Takihiro Tomiyasu, however, not spotted in training as of yet, frustratingly. Don't think he's going to be available or fit for this one. I wouldn't risk him, to be honest. A calf injury is slightly more concerning than the hip problem that Ramsdale has, and certainly one that you can re-damage and, you know, re just repeat the same injury that you've had before. We've already seen it with Tomiyasu with the left leg, and then 
think it was the right and then the left leg that got damaged because you're putting extra work and strain onto the other one and then it went. So we need to be careful with him. Cedric's been fine. He's doing a really good job in uh, in his stead. And I think that, you know, there's no reason to risk Tommy Asu in this game. Cedric is going to do a fine job and hopefully Tommy will be back fully fit and raring to go for the big games that we've got coming up in the running. And lastly, our headline story of the day is Marcelo Flores has been called up for the first time to the Arsenal senior team and will supposedly be in the squad for tonight's match against Crystal Palace. It's like a new signing, you might say. <laughs> no, but honestly, this is a really, really solid move for Marcelo Flores. Uh, I don't expect him to get minutes. I don't expect him to play. Uh, the same reason in the kind of ways that Hutchinson's not played or Mika Biereth, etc., They've just been on the bench. They filled up the numbers um, and it's a great experience. You can't underestimate the experience that a player of this age and inexperience gets from just being in the squads. Uh, it's a huge moment for him. A massive congratulations for earning that call up. He's been doing brilliantly for the under 23, scoring goals, creating chances, attacking midfielder, versatile, can play in multiple positions as well. And I think has got a great future ahead of him. He's already been called up to the Mexican national team, although that was during a period where they didn't have their huge players, but still has got a senior Mexican cap to his name at his young age as well. And uh, yeah, he's an exciting talent. So I look forward to pre-season. Pre-season is going to be exciting. You know, the thing about Arsenal pre-seasons in the past is, you know, they've always been a bit like, oh, let's see what new signings there are and all. Oh, let's, is there any young kids coming through? And I remember when like Nico Yanaris was here and, uh, Anger and uh, Neke, if you remember all of these youngsters that came through. And there was nowhere near the same amount of hype as there is about players like Patino and Aziz and Flores and Hutchinson, you know, Mika Biroff, of course, Balogun coming back in the summer. Preseason is going to be exciting. Preseason is going to be of a different level that we've not seen preseason before. And it's lots to be really keen to see plenty of these players on the field getting opportunities and chances. So I'm looking forward to covering that with everybody. You know that we're going to be doing shows throughout the summer transfer window, covering preseason, breaking down transfer targets, all of that stuff. Tactical Breakdown will be returning as well. And actually this week we'll be doing our youth update with Kev. Um, we weren't able to do it last week, but we will be doing it this week. We'll be focusing even more on the likes of Flores, Balogun, uh, Norton Cuffey, and Jordan Osei Tutu as well. So plenty to discuss. That does complete today's news, which means we're going to jump into the chat box now. So get your questions in and we'll be going for as many as we feasibly can. I'm not working in the early hours, so we can go for a bit longer this morning, answering and tackling as many of them as we can. So let's go for it. Okay, let's go through these. Um, we're going to kick off with Matt G, who says, who has been your most disappointing signing of the January window? For me, it's been Gimaraish or Van der Beek. The thing about Gimaraish is he's not been given a chance. I don't know what it is. I, I feel like Eddie Howe has been quite happy with Shelby and, and Joe Willock, of course, in the midfield. Uh, and Joe Linton as well, who's been playing in the middle. But you've spent 40 million quids and you want to bed this guy in. I don't really understand why you're not given the chance. He could have done some damage against Spurs yesterday. And you know what's going to happen. He's going to start against Arsenal and be brilliant. So it's just really frustrating. Um, really, really frustrating. But uh, yeah, Gimolash, um is probably a big disappointment because he's just not played. Van der Beek, though, yeah, he's been given the opportunity to start plenty of games at Everton. And it's not happened. I just think he's been absolutely battered into the ground at Man United. His confidence is on the floor. If you are Everton... I don't think that was a smart signing, to be honest, um, in reflection. I think when you look at the players that they needed to bring in, they needed to bring in players that were going to be good at getting them out of a relegation scrap. And that's not what Van der Beek is. So, yeah, a little bit of a strange choice, uh, to be honest, as was their manager as well. Carl says, if we can, if we compare the remaining fixtures between us and Spurs, how worried are you? We have six away games left and we are 7-1-5 for away, away from home this season. I'm worried. Five of those away games that we lost, obviously one was Brentford, one was Manchester City, one was Liverpool. The Brentford game in in particular, obviously, that was awful at the start of the season. We only had following Balogun as our striker that day. Um, I don't really look at that. The other two were Man United and Everton. And those two games were very, very poor. Beyond that, you know, they're the games that we've lost this year uh, away from home. We've got a really good away record right now. I think we've won our last five 
Um, if we win tonight, it'll be six away wins in the Premier League in a row. The last time we lost was that Everton game. Uh, it was a significant time ago. When you look at Spurs, the thing about Spurs is they struggle to break teams down. Spurs are great on the counter. They're really good when opposition teams play into their plan. And the thing is, we call them, we say they've got an easier running than us, but they are going to come up against a lot more teams that are not going to play the way that they want their opposition teams to play. They're going to come up against teams that aren't necessarily going to attack them at full force. They're going to come up against teams like Burnley, like Norwich, that are going to sit in. And you'd expect them to beat those teams. But Burnley have already beaten Spurs this season for the exactly this reason, is that Spurs struggle to break teams down when they sit in. And if they don't overcommit, like we saw Newcastle do stupidly yesterday, then you will see Spurs struggle. So I think there is a little bit of context to be had for their running. But ultimately, if we just focus on our own game, then we don't need to worry about it. If we keep winning and keep winning and keep winning, we don't need to worry about it because the top four is in our hands. It is in our control. We've got a huge hurdle tonight. Palace away is always a really tough game for us. If we can get three points like Aston Villa, it would be a huge, huge boost to the team. David says, Tom, if you had 100 million to spend, would you sign Ozimen for 75 million? <laughs> Apparently, they want 84 million, David. So you might be lucky for getting to 75. Tillemans for 25, or Dabala on a free and Bellingham for 100 million pounds. Uh, if it was between the two, I would buy Ozimen and Tillemans, personally. I think Ozimen would be a significant upgrade on Dabala for the striker position. And whilst I think Bellingham is better than Tillemans and a better investment, I think that Tillemans at still 24 years of age and Premier League experience and a very, very good player is still plenty of quality to add to this team. So the first option, um, Cass, I was thinking, do you think Arteta regarding where we finish will spend heavy on recruitment considering we have enough coming through the youth system? I think he will in certain positions like striker and central midfield, but perhaps not in others. But yes, I still think we will invest heavily in some of the crucial positions on the pitch. Uh, <laughs> John says, David, if Tom had 100 million to spend, he'd buy a new mic and a 473 Arsenal black kit. Yeah, look, as soon as that black away kit comes out, that is being purchased. That's all I'm saying. It's being, it's being, I don't know how many I'm going to get. It makes sense to just get one, but just for the memes, it's worth getting more than one. Need to wear one every day. So, you know, you've got to wear black. It's just the way forwards. <laughs> Bulgarian Gunnar says, would you take seven points on my next three games? No, I'd take nine, mate. Um, we have to get nine. Maybe we don't have to get nine, but there is a pressure to get nine. And I think nine from Palace, Southampton and Brighton, when you consider the games that we've got after that, you know, it's a real necessity to try and get nine points from those three games. Uh, Jeremy says, I feel like if we fully transition to 4-3-3 next season, wouldn't we need two central midfielders, one starter and the other for depth rather than two strikers? I think we'd need both, mate, to be honest. I think there's an argument that if Xhaka goes, then we need depth. If not, though, you've got uh, Sambi Lekonga. I think you bring in an extra central midfielder. You've then got Partey, Lekonga, Xhaka and another one that you've signed, be it a Tielemans or someone else. If Xhaka goes, then you bring in two. I think that bringing in one on top of Lukonga being there, and if you think about Patino coming through and the other young players coming through as well, <clears throat> there is that. There's an argument that that we've got enough there. Striker-wise, though, we definitely do need the two forwards because we've only got Balogun if Lacazette and Nketiah leave. Um, Nishad says, when was the last time we sold a player and regretted it? It feels like we worry uh, every time given players leave, like Willett last season and Saliba now, but going by memory, they rarely go wrong. Um, no, you raise a good point. We've let a lot of players go that we don't regret, but we have let a number of players go that we do regret. Serge Gnabry, Ismail Benassa, Daniel Marlin, uh, Yunus Musa uh, being another one as well. I don't think Jeff Rain Adelaide falls into that category anymore. It doesn't come up on the radar anywhere near as much. Um, <clears throat> but if you think back into the past, Andy Cole uh, was a huge one. We didn't give an opportunity to Yo-Yo Toure or Zlatan Ibrahimovic. You know, there's players that have come and gone that have been around London Colney or not London Colney back then, but you know what I mean? Um, it's just, you know, you, you can't keep them all, uh, but we've missed out on some big ones. But you're right in saying that for a long time, we've not really regretted letting go of players like Willock or Awobi or Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain. Like, we've not regretted letting those players leave, have we? Kevin says, with exception of strikers and Ruiz, who are you looking forward to coming to the Arsenal? Um, I'm looking forward to what Matt Turner does. I know that sounds like a really disappointing answer, but I really am looking forward to seeing if he can push 
Aaron Ramsdale. I'm looking forward to seeing players return from loan, like Brooke Norton Cuffey, for instance. I'm looking forward to seeing Balogun come back from loan. But other players in other positions, I'm not sure how many there is. A wide forward, Cody Gakpo, is obviously one that I'm really looking at and really on board with. So possibly him in that bracket. Uh, Savic says, the fact that Arteta has been unfazed and uninterested in other teams' games, totally focused on Arsenal's performance, even when we weren't in the race, is a huge positive. Absolutely. He's just focused on what the games we've needed to play are, focused on getting the next result, and it's as simple as that. Lovely stuff. Um, let's go to Afsar, who says, Tom, I like all of the youth players' updates. Uh, I that you offer thanks mate really appreciate that we'll be doing a one a little bit later on this week so that's really positive to see that all these young players are doing really really well um i'm pretty sure uh, i saw a message from dan in the chat saying you saw that it was for the under 23s that flores got his call up um as far as i'm aware uh he's been getting you know several i've, I've seen several things about him going um into the senior side if it turns out that's not the case then those reports will certainly be dismissed and we won't be using those sources in the future. But it does look like from the same of things that were coming out last night and the rumours coming out last night is that Flores would be with the senior squad tonight. So let's wait and see. Uh, I'm going to pronounce your name so wrong. I'm so sorry. Ajiri, uh, I'm sorry if that's wrong. Uh, what do you think of Asmil Smith-Rowe uh, playing at left central midfield? If so, do we uh, do we just need two major signings like a Joao Felix and a Darwin Nunez uh, next season. I think that Smith Rowe playing at left centre mid has not worked so far. We've used it in games like, uh, if you think back to the Liverpool game in the League Cup, if you think back to the Burnley game at home, if you think back to the Crystal Palace game at home, we drew 2-2. It didn't work. Um, I'm not sure if that means it can't work ever, but based upon the evidence this season, it's not really. And I like Smith Rowe on the left of that kind of wide playmaker position, wide forward kind of role. Not a winger, but a wide playmaker I think is the way that best describes it I think that what he does there is is great and it's enabled him to add plenty more goals to his game I don't think it works sentiment. but thank you for the donation mate very kind of you and apologies again if I've got that pronunciation wrong uh, Stevie says Tom do you have the same optimism as judges in finishing third yeah look judges <laughs> if you haven't watched last night's show on LJ TV it was it was a really interesting chat and obviously uh Everyone's got very different views about what success and what failure is. I always contextualize things and saying that, look, Arsenal, for success, success for Arsenal is winning titles and competing for titles and trying to win Champions Leagues. That's what we look at Arsenal as, as, as success. But the thing is, is contextually, when you look at where we're at and you look at the mistakes made in the last decade, the, the process that we've got to go through to get back to winning titles and challenging for titles and getting into the Champions League, you know, contextually, we are on that right path. And if we don't finish in the top four this season, it'll be a huge disappointment because the opportunity for us that we've created for ourselves, not because of the inefficiencies of others, but what we've done ourselves to position ourselves this season to put us into a top four race, you know, that has, has enabled us to call what would not be getting top four a failure. If we get fifth, I'll be hugely disappointed. Um, but... I'm not one of those that would call it a failure because I didn't contextually look at fifth as a failure at the start of the season. And I don't think necessarily that the parameters change for me depending on how good we've been. We've surprised, we've overachieved in my context of where I thought Arsenal were at this year. And I think we're on the right path. Someone left a comment. And what I, I usually do is I do go read through the comments of the, the channels that I'm on just to see the feedback. And uh, someone left a comment on the video that said... So, Tom, we are just back to where uh, we sacked Wenger. And I think this is a really kind of blinkered way of looking at things if we finish fifth, because we're not, are we? The Factually, we're, like, in terms of league position, sure. If you want to go based on just the number of where we finished, sure, we're where we are when we sacked Wenger. We're in the Europa League. But we're in such a different situation to then. You look at the squads, you look at the mentality, you look at the relationship between this team and its fans, you look at the potential of this squad and where we're moving, you look at the improvement of the manager, you look at the improvement of the recruitment behind the scenes, you look at everything that's going on at the club between now and where we were in 2017, and it's night and day. The position may yet not have changed all that drastically. It might do if we get top four. I would call that a drastic change because it's a big step up to get back into the Champions League. But 
it's drastically different to where we were. Um, so I don't look at it as being we're in the same position. And also there's this thing kind of about Unai Emery is fat sacked for not getting Champions League. No, he wasn't. He wasn't sacked for not getting Champions League. And in fact, Raul Sanyehi wanted to give Unai Emery a brand new contract at the end of that season that we missed out on Champions League football. Unai Emery was sacked because the, the dressing room just broke down and the relationship between him and the players was just non-existent. During all of Arteta's periods at the club, even when we were in the bottom half of the table and we were still recovering from the awful mistakes of the past and some of the mistakes that Arteta made himself at the beginning of his reign, all during that time, he never lost a dressing room. The players were always behind him. And those that weren't or those that fell out of line, he moved on because Arsenal need to be ruthless with their squads. And maybe people that don't particularly like Arteta will use Genduzi or Aubameyang to bash the living daylights out of Arteta, wrongly, by the way. They're those same people that complained about the lack of account accountability in this Arsenal team for the last 10 years. And yet when we get someone in that's actually creating accountability in the squad, dropping players not being good enough, moving players on for not respecting the principles and the way in which this club wants to move forward, then we're still moaning in that sense. I think we need context. And I think that that's been applied by Arteta this season. Absolutely. Um, let's scroll up to get some more questions. Uh, King State says, a poll on if Arsenal will finish third, fourth, fifth or sixth. Okay. Your wish is my command, King. <laughs> I'll get that into the chat box for you swiftly. Just give me two seconds while it loads up. Um, Alan says, uh, how about selling William Saliba to Real Madrid, replace Sergio Ramos or well, replace Sergio Ramos at PSG, wouldn't he? Or Barcelona play next to Gerard Piquet and in return gain 100 million. Can buy other players. He's not going to go for 100 million. Uh, Alan, you're going to be lucky to get 35 million for William Saliba. That's not to do with his quality. That's to do with the fact that he's got two years left on his deal. He's 21 years of age. And that is about what he's worth in today's market, to be fair. I know we like to big up our players, but that is about what he is worth. Um, um, hold on, give me a second. I'll just put in the poll into the chat box. Come on. Was it third, fourth, fifth, and sixth, King? I think it was, wasn't it? Let's just type this in now. So I've got to watch my own face talking. It's really <laughs> it's really disconcerting when you see it on the feed, on the screen. Where will Arsenal finish? Third, fourth, adoption, adoption, fifth, sixth. Okay, there we go. That's your poll into the chat box. So drop your votes on that and uh, we'll go through some of your answers at the end. Uh, Marcus says, uh, should we be more wary of strikers and their potential, i.e. didn't lack a shoot, uh, score loads uh, and better, and obviously more though than in Liga than he turned out at Arsenal? Yeah, absolutely. You need to be able to assess a player and you need to be able to look at their qualities and work out whether or not that's going to be able to transition. Lacazette, I just think that he's a player that had a lot of promise about him, but we bought Aubameyang after six months. And that was arguably the worst thing that we could have done for Lacazette. What we should have done is we should have bought a wide player to replace Alexis Sanchez that would have meshed much better with Lacazette. But we didn't. We bought Aubameyang, who is a striker, and we used him in a wide area, and all the focus was put on him. So, look, it's, it was a mistake. And we ultimately, under Arsene Wenger at the start, mismanaged our signing of Lacazette. And I think that's led to the point of where we are right now. But there's no guarantees with players. You're never going to get guaranteed goals. There's so many players that have moved with huge expectation that have just not turned out where they've gone. Look at Jaden Sancho this season. The expectation on him, he was getting double figures in goals and assists for Dortmund, and it's not yet worked out. Nicolas Pepe at Arsenal, the amount we spent on him, no guarantee that it will work out. So I think you've got, you've got to make peace with that, unfortunately, and it's not always going to work out. Hopefully, though, we've, we've shown in the summer that we've signed six players and they've all had a positive impact this season. Wilson says, why are some Arsenal fans worried about Palace? Uh, surely we can win this game and I'm not worried about our defence. I'm not worried about our defence, personally. It's an area of our team I'm very confident in. But I am worried about the quality that Crystal Palace have on offer. I'm worried about the danger that they can provide to us. And we shouldn't be naive. We shouldn't be... Um, ignorant to their quality. If they are without Zaha and Elise, that's a massive loss for them. But they've still got plenty of players like Gallagher. Uh, Gehi's been fantastic at the back for them, as has Anderson's been very good again this season after his uh, move from Lyon, after he was on loan at Fulham, wasn't he? Uh, Mateta's really turned things around in 2022. He's been a lot better as well. 
Um, I'm sure there's other players. Everett Jezzi, of course, that I'm thinking about. Nathaniel Klein has turned things around at right back, but I'm looking forward to seeing Martinelli really go at him. They've got a very decent team and they've done really well in the market in the summer as well. And Patrick Vieira himself has done fantastically. So I think people are right to be a little bit concerned about what Palace can offer. But you're right, we should be winning this game and we should be trying to take all three points. That's absolutely right. Rich says, Tom, I thought Arteta said uh, Tommy had been training with the first team and could be available for today. He usually plays these types of mind games, Rich. Um, I've come to understand with Arteta is that he often says players are training or are, you know, I've got a chance of being available naturally. They're a lot further in reality. It's to keep the opposition team thinking and, under, you know, wary of who could start for Arsenal. Uh, that's what's become clear over covering Arsenal this season. I think that with Mikel Arteta um, and Tommy Asu in particular is that is, there's a little bit of an unknown about this and they're not taking any chances because they don't want to risk re-damaging that injury that's, that's cost him so much of the second half of this season. So hopefully he'll be back and available and ready soon, but we shouldn't be risking him if there is the chance that he could re-injure it because we've got some big games that we will need him for. Uh, Gladstone says, wasn't Arsenal fourth at this point in Emery's first season and we fell off in our last 10 games and moved to fifth? Will history repeat itself? We missed out on top four under Unai Emery by one point. And I will, I cannot forgive rotating against Crystal Palace at home and Brighton at home and then missing out on top four by that single point. I can't forgive that. That was such an awful managerial decision. And I would have got rid of him at the end of that year. In reflection, I would have got rid of Unai Emery at the end of that year because the, the context of where we were then compared to the context of if we were to say finish, finish uh, fifth now is just night and day. There's so many differences between the two situations, despite the league position being right now exactly the same. It's so different. And this is the thing is that to understand football, you need to look beyond things in binary form. It's not black and white. It's not yes and no. It's not It's not a success or failure. You know, there are so many different contexts and factors associated with every single league finish or position or where you are in the progress that you're making or the regression you're making in regards to Arsenal over the last, you know, 10 years prior to this season, that sometimes you need to take steps back to go forwards. And we're doing that. And I know a lot of people want to see Arsenal back to winning titles and trophies and Champions Leagues. I really, really do as well. Don't get me wrong. But I personally am more open to the idea of setting ourselves up for the long term by moving up and progressing more gradually than taking a risk on a Conte or taking a risk on uh, a manager that is designed to get you to win now. Because if you look at teams that have gone down that path, and look at where they are after it's not gone well. Carlo Ancelotti at Everton, for instance. Look at them now. After he's gone, they're in a relegation scrap because there's no guarantees that managers will stay. There's no guarantees at all. Even Antonio Conte at Inter at Chelsea left. Rafa Benitez at Inter Milan at Real Madrid, uh, eventually at Everton as well. Ultimately failed in those senses and, and Rafa left uh, Inter and not in a particularly great place either. So I don't think that there is any argument that trying to... United's a great example, Kevin, exactly. And there was actually a comment on yesterday's show of Lee Judges of a United fan saying that United are one or two years behind Arsenal right now. And so we shouldn't be criticising them. And I find that mad. I find that mad that United would say they're one or two years behind Arsenal. Because if you look at the way they've recruited, you look at the signings they've been able to make, you look at their first team squad. Wan-Bissaka, 50-odd million quid. Lindelof, 35 million quid. Varane, 35-odd million quid. Maguire, 80 million quid. Shaw, 50 million quid. Tellez, I think, was 16 to 20 million pounds. Fred, that's another 30 million quid. Pogba, however much he cost, I think it was, what, 60 million pounds or something like that? Bruno Fernandes was 30 to 40 million pounds, and then they've now invested another massive contract in him. Ronaldo, Jadon Sancho, they've invested so much money into that team and yet we're being told by United fans that we can't compare because they're one or two years behind us in their project. Where, meanwhile, Arsenal's team, Ramsdale, £25 million. Tommy Asu, £16.5 million. Ben White, a marquee signing, £50 million. Gabriel Magalhaes, £25 million. Tierney, £25 million. Partey, £45 million marquee signing. 
Jacker, 35 million pounds years ago, but we can replace him with Sambi Lukonga that's coming through for like 16 odd million quid that we bought him for. Saka through the youth academy. Martinelli, 5 million pounds. You know, Odegaard, 30 million pounds. The, the difference in investment in the specific players and the return that Arsenal were getting on those players is far and away so much better than Man United. So that any way that Man, any, sorry, any way that a Man United fan could have the cheek to say that they're one or two years supposedly behind Arsenal in terms of where they want to be is a joke. And it shows the failure and the naivety of that fan base if that's the way that they think. Now, I'm only going off the response of one fan. So it might not be that all fans think that way. And they shouldn't, to be honest. But Manchester United are an absolute failure. And a lot of you in the chat box are pointing out that some of the players I've listed off for Man United cost a lot more than I even thought which only goes to benefit the point even further. Manu says, should we be scared uh, about losing our best players if we don't get Champions League? Nobody expected us to get it, but we cannot, uh, but we can almost taste it now. So it will be a huge blow. I don't think we can be scared about losing our best players because, and I wrote about this yesterday, there's something happening at Arsenal where we are a lot better with our contract situations. Gabriel, supposedly, according to James Bench at CBS Sports, is uh, in a situation where the club are considering offering him a new deal. That would be two years after he signed. Bakaya Saka is obviously in the process of being offered a new deal two years after his last renewal. Martinelli is in a situation where he's also reportedly... Um, of a player that Arsenal will be looking to maybe renew his contract again two years after his renewal. Mikel Arteta is in a situation where after his second full season at the club, is looking to get a renewal. There is this two-year cycle now that is emerging at Arsenal that is considerably changing the way in which Arsenal approach contracts. We managed to tie down Fuller in Balogun. Whilst it didn't work out with Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang, and there's a lot of regret about the decision to renew his contract, we still did manage to re-sign him and convince him that Arsenal was the right place to stay. It didn't work out in the end, and that is going to happen with players. But the fact remains that we were still able to renew his contract. We've moved players on that we've needed to. We've moved players on like Mustafi and Socrates and Ozil. Uh, and eventually a Bamiang as well, of course, too. Yes, we've lost money. Yes, we've dropped out on players that we should have renewed earlier, like Aaron Ramsey, etc. And we shouldn't have renewed certain players with certain amounts of money, sure. But the way in which that we are changing our contract renewal system is a massive step up on what we used to have, where we would see players running down their deals and Arsenal would then lose money. And I tell you what, if we re-sign Saliba to a new deal in the summer, there's going to be a lot of people who've egg on their faces because that will prove a huge amount of confidence that Saliba still has in this Arsenal team. I'm still not convinced that that will happen yet. And there's a lot more that needs to happen with Saliba. But if he was to renew his deal, that would be a huge vote of confidence towards the club and the manager and really prove wrong a lot of the narratives around William Saliba and his supposed perception of Arsenal as well. So, you know, there's lots to be really, you know, pleased about at the club right now. It might not be where we want it to be competitively and hopefully it's moving in that right direction, but I still believe very much so as highlighted in several of these points that we are on the right path. Um social Martinelli's on 90k a week now. What would be your ceiling for wages of his next deal? Probably just pushing over into triple uh six figures. Probably just pushing into that. I know that may seem mad for a 20 to 21 year old, but this is a guy that could be a generational talent. If you think about the Callum Hodson Adoy, is already on what 120,000 pounds per week, hasn't done anywhere near as much as what Martinelli has done during his time at Chelsea. So, not trophy wise, but in terms of raw personal development and where he's at and his kind of potential, then you got to you know contextualize things. Um, Wilson says Man United are an absolute shambles from top to bottom we need to be real tough they are absolutely and that's down to the decisions they've made and in comparison compared to the decisions that we've made as a club Wilson says hey Tom should uh, or rather do you think that next season we should play a back three to fit Saliba into the squad and possibly have a front two so Pepe can also be included with a new striker no Will I don't um, someone left a comment uh, on my video yesterday about this the potential lineup with Saliba, White and Gabriel. No. One of the best things about Arsenal this season has been our back five, including Aaron Ramsdale. I don't think there's too much debate about that point. That's been one of the best things about this Arsenal team and one of the big reasons why we are pushing for a top four place and overachieving of what most people had thought this team would achieve this season. Why would we break that up? That's a great foundation to build upon. And Saliba is part of that. Saliba coming into the squad and being a depth option and rotating and even fighting maybe for a starting place to take over either Gabriel or White, because he can play in both roles, is part of that. So why would we sacrifice it? 
I don't think we need to. I don't think we should. And I think it's certainly something that um, we should be looking back on this season as one of our big successes to build on from next season. Uh, Chris says, Martin only signed a five-year contract last year. He doesn't. Uh, it was in 2020. Uh, it wasn't in 2021. So he has three years left on his deal come June. And it's about protecting your assets. Uh, it's about making sure that you've got, and I think it was a four-year deal with an option of an additional year, but you've got, you know, you've got to protect your assets and not renewing and not slightly bumping up a wage to say from 90 to 120 or whatever, that gets you into dangerous positions where we've been before. And then we start moaning that we've allowed their contracts to run down. So with a Martinelli with two plus one years left on his deal in the summer, I would have no issue with seeing an extension of a, a couple of extra years on that type of contract. No issue with that whatsoever. Um, so I think we need to make sure we protect the assets at the club. And that's why we're protecting Saka. He's got three years left on his deal in the summer, Chris. You're saying that you wouldn't renew his contract either? Because I think that we need to. Um, Ian says, we actually play kind of a back three when we have the ball and Tommy plays. And this is another point about Saliba coming in, is that Saliba and White have got this versatile nature about them that they can play and cover in that right back position or a hybrid right centre back role, if you like, at times. It enables Tierney to be more forward thinking, especially when Smith Rose in the team with him as well. I think that there is real scope that we don't need to sign a right back in the summer. I really don't buy into the idea that we need to sign a right back in the summer. Cedric's been really solid for us as a cover and I want to see a Brooke Norton Cuffey come through because the potential of this kid is unreal. You know, we could have a potential Saka level talent here as a right back coming through. And I don't want to see that blocked when we've got enough to cover him. I think we've got enough to do that. But we'll wait and see and we'll see what happens. Coop Dog says, do you think that we have been linked with the striker that we will sign in the summer? Yes, I do. Um, I do think we have been linked with the striker because we've been linked with so many, Coop Dog. Like if you think about it, Calvert-Lewin, Patrick Schick, uh, Darwin Nunez, Jonathan David, Paolo Dybala, Latara Martinez, Victor Ozimen. Who am I forgetting? Like, how? Where else are we going to look for another striker? Ollie Watkins has been linked. I don't know. That's eight strikers. I'm sure I forgot. Joao Felix, nine. Like, we've been linked to so, so many strikers that surely... One of those is the one that we will end up going for. The only ones that I feel like haven't yet been mentioned are the likes of Amin Gueri, who's at Nice, who I know a lot of people have suggested in the chat box when I was really unaware of him. Um, he is someone that I think Arsenal should be certainly looking at as a possible second striker type option, uh, like the Lataro Martinez or the uh, Joao Felix type role that we seem to be being linked to, the Palo Dybala type role that we seem to be linked to. Gueri is one at Nice that I certainly look at as maybe a potential one. Uh, we've been linked to Haaland's Kevin. We've been linked to Isaac. You know, we haven't yet really been linked to Ivan Tony, to be fair, but I don't think he's going to be the one that we that we go for, um, to be fair. To be fair, to be fair. Uh, Madupe says, is top four not a must this season? Because next season, it will be a lot harder as Man United might get a competent manager, Spurs getting stronger, Newcastle getting competitive. So top four has to be a must. What does must mean? What does it mean if we don't? Well, what happens? Do you sack Arteta? Because arguably, if you sack Arteta by saying top four is a must this season, you're then going into a season next year with Man United as a new manager, with Newcastle coming up, with Spurs supposedly getting stronger despite the futures of the manager and Harry Kane still uncertain. With Man United who said this season was supposed to be title challenges and look what's happened to them. Chelsea are very uncertain. You go into that season then with what? Back to square one with a new coach. Is that really the right way to go when this Arsenal team are clearly moving forwards in the right direction, are clearly improving every single season so far. I think that you see the differences as a, as a club. If top four is a must and not getting top four is failure, and that means you get rid of him and you're using the reason that next season, because there's so many pressures, is really sacking the manager and going back to square one with the coach the right way to approach that? I don't think that it is. I don't think that it is at all. Um Social says, is it true that Ryan Reynolds is playing as a goalkeeper for Wrexham? <laughs> Tell you what, they're doing a great job. They had a great result yesterday as well, um, beating Stockport, I think it was. So um, fair play to them. It's an owner that cares. Like, it's an owner, like we laugh about it and we talk about the Hollywood factor and all that, but you know, it's a project that they're invested in and they want to see Wrexham rise to the top. Billy says, it's just, is it just me or does anyone think Smithrow, Odegaard and Parter can play together as a midfield three? Arteta has tried it before and I think Smithrow can play that role. I just don't really buy into it, Billy. I like Smithrow on the left. I'm not saying it can't work or won't work in the future, 
But I just think that there's more to come from a midfield with someone else there and Smith Rowe still on the left hand side. Um, Gabenga says, have we actually decided on the striker that we want? I don't think so. I think it will wait until the end of the season, see where we're at. Have we qualified for the Champions League? See who's available. Is there anyone else that we're looking at that we've not been linked to? I'd be surprised. But I think that we're going to wait. I don't think it's been decided at all. I think there's a list. I think we can certainly determine that there's a list and there is a number of players on that list. But no, I don't think it's been decided at all. Uh, Adrian says, Tom, I believe we won't buy a right back. Mikel will sign the PSV Wonder Kid Gakpo, an amazing player. Um, do you think Arsenal are now stable because we have a manager who is a proper manager? Um, I don't think we're stable yet. Stable needs to be showing with continual progression. I think there are still a lot of question marks about certain things at the club, for sure. It's not perfect, far from it. But we're on the right path. Uh, Adrian, we are certainly on the bright path uh, to get into where we want to be. Cass says, here, here, TC, regarding Norton Cuffey. That's why I said I'm thinking Arteta won't spend heavy on certain positions due to who is coming through the youth system. Uh, absolutely. Philip says, do you think with the new five sub rule, uh, do you think clubs should be made to have more homegrown players in the squad? If so, this might affect future transfer windows. Uh, no, I don't because a 25 man squad is still pretty big. Um, I think you'd have to up the number of players you could register, uh, if you were going to do that, change it from 25 to 30, I think that'd be a better way, but no, I don't think so. Um, I think it will affect future transfer windows for sure, but I think you'd have to up the number of players you can register in your squad rather than the number of homegrown players in the squad. Although that is still something I think will eventually happen. I think the number of homegrown players required will increase. And there's been rumours of that for a long time. And the Premier League's been in discussions with the FA for a long time about this, but they've been quite reluctant to agree to it. But I think that it will eventually drop from 17 non-homegrown players to probably 15 at some point. But we'll have to wait and see. Steve says, I feel a back three is a fantastic formation for certain games. Anfield, the Etihad and the European away fixtures, a major weakness in Arsenal's recent history. I would like us to be more flexible. I think the flexibility and fluidity is certainly something that's grown at Arsenal. We've changed our formation a number of times. We went to Stamford Bridge last season with a back three and won. We can do it. But we've also gone to Manchester City with a back three that was comprised of Chambers holding and Kalasnach and got royally battered. It doesn't mean that you're guaranteed of playing any better just because the formation changes. It depends on the personnel that you use and it depends on how comfortable the players that you pick are with that separate formation. So I agree that we need to be more flexible, but I also think we still need to be smart about what's benefiting us and what's taking us to where we want to be. Um, uh, Pace says, Tom, do you loan Norton Cafu, great name, to a Premier League club like Fulham or a championship club like Forest? Uh, I think Forest is a really good option. I think you've raised a fantastic point because Spence will go back to Middlesbrough um he's currently on loan at Nottingham Forest anyway from Middlesbrough so I think that Norton Cuffey to, to Forest would make a great amount of sense next season um does it mean that we shouldn't bring him back in let's bring him back in pre-season let's see what's happening let's see what's what's going on with that um and and see where we sit but I think we're going to do that with a number of players Flores will probably go on loan Mika Bireth will probably go on loan Amari Hutchinson if we manage to sign him up to a new contract will probably go on loan so you know there's lots of things that need to be done Kevin says 130 plus likes and 300 plus votes. Come on, TGT gang. Let's get that like button. Be impressed. If you haven't already, I'd really appreciate it. Um, let's have a look at the poll. 373 people have voted. 51% say fourth. 34% say third. 13% say fifth. And 2% say sixth. Who are your 2%? My little trolls. My silent trolls in the background. <laughs> <laughs> voting for sixth place. Unbelievable. Um, Adrian says, today I expect Martin to destroy Nathaniel Klein. And Tom, we have Aziz coming through the system also as a box-to-box -box guy again. I think the unity in the club is the pillar to success and Balogun is flying. I think you're spot on, mate. Dan says, after seeing Ben White this season, do you think he would be decent as a six? You know what you're doing, Dan. Like You know you're trying to wind me up because I hate this question. No. He's not a defensive midfielder. <laughs> I don't know how many times I need to say this, but he's not a defensive midfielder. Don't play square pegs in round holes. Even if that hole is slightly looking like a square, it's still not a square. <laughs> it's still not a square. Salu says, sad to say, but I don't think we can finish fourth. I see us finishing fifth. Fair enough. I still think we can very much finish fourth. Uh, thanks, Madupe. Really appreciate your kind comments. Really nice of you. Uh, let's go to Billy says that Xhaka's role could be tailor-made for a Smith Rowe. I think it'd be tailor-made for someone like a T. Lemons or Fabian Ruiz more so than uh, a Smith Rowe 
personally. Uh, Will says, hey, Tom, do you think with Balogun's recent goals, he's starting to show promise to get another low move, but in the Premier League, or do you think he should come off the bench? I think if he continues on the way that he's continuing right now, he needs to be integrated into the squad, especially if we've got nine subs next season and five subs are able to be made. There's going to be loads of opportunities to use Balogun next season. So yes, he should return to Arsenal and we should integrate him into the team. Uh, Carl says, what about Lukonga? Is his development going as expected? Will he get more game time next season? Yes, he absolutely will. If you think about the fact at the start of the season, he was playing loads. It's just because Xhaka and Partey have nailed down that spot. He's not really been able to come in so far. So, yes. And I think El Nenny moving on will also help with that because I think El Nenny has looked at a bit ahead of Lukonga in terms of who you bring off the bench for his experience in certain games. So, I think for that matter of fact, that he will certainly get more time next season. He's a great talent. He's still getting called up to the Belgian side. He's still very much in the fold there. So, they know how good he is and they know that this season, I think actually I was surprised at how many games he got at the start of the season in comparison to what we've come to expect from other players in the team. Um, Gunnar Greg says, this is Saliba fans wanting Benjamin as a DM, maybe. I don't know. Uh, Billy says, Smithrow, Kevin De Bruyne, Erdegaard, David Silva. These comparisons, wow. Partey Fernandinho, I think this trio is what Arteta prefers. Maybe. Um, but I think that KDB uh, Smithrow is, is the wrong comparison. Um, they are quite similar looking to be fair but no uh, I don't think it's the right comparison I would look more towards a Grealish style wide player that can play centrally or Phil Foden style the, than Kevin De Bruyne for Smith Rowe um, gonna, uh, Kevin says up the Gunners and come on you Gooners have a good day enjoy the game tonight big three points I think that's a really good way to finish today's show uh, there's over 650 of you watching please drop a like on the video before you leave it really does help us out here uh, as I said do tune into the football.london live blog during the game I'll be doing that for football.london uh, football this evening uh, there'll also be a show at 10 o'clock today on the Arsenal way with Bailey and Guy ahead of today's game if you want to see our predictor show ahead of tonight's game uh, you can obviously watch that on the channel yesterday uh, and I was on with Lee Judges and Dan Potts and Sophie last night on Lee Judges TV for a really good debate about kind of what success and what failure looks like so go and have a watch of that as well it's been an absolute pleasure to join you guys every morning as it always is I'll be back tomorrow morning for the breakdown of tonight's game uh, but other than that I'll see you soon have a great day come on you gunners bring in those three points and as always up the Arsenal It's the 90 plus minute. All your mates around and you've got a McNuggets share box ready to go and you know a late winner's coming. Your mates already got booked for a double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfection. Order now on the McDonald's app for your McDelivery. You in? At participating restaurants 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.